There's some pivotal um, spots for these three teams. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Going through the uh, Ravens starting lineup. Uh, a quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Running back, J.K. Dobbins, coming back off of an ACL sure. injury. Both those guys were significant time. He had that ACL was in training camp? I don't think he played a snap. Yeah, he didn't. I know right. he didn't play a snap, but I'm trying to remember if it was early. In, it was, mm. was it this time of year or was it in training camp? It they had so many, I lost Gus, track. Gus got hurt right after. Yeah, yeah. It might have been this time of year. But I, I don't think they're worried about him, you know, his recovery or anything. I think no. he's back. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, the receivers, Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. Yeah, that's a little fright. I, I'm a Bateman fan. Yeah, but you're not going. You need three to start off, yeah. and I think Duvernay is lucky to be a three. You're not going to. Your 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 passing game is not going to suddenly become good because just you you have just Rashad Bateman. No, and, and there's not a lot of options out there now. I mean, Landry got signed. You could add a Will Fuller to Baby B or Marquise Brown, but he'll play for four games. Just, yeah, just another injury plague player for you. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, could they work some kind of deal for a McLaurin or a DK Metcalf for future picks? That's not really their style, you know, in terms of trading future first yeah. or anything like that. So it's a little worrisome. I mean, I think it's pretty clear they're going to get back to running the ball a higher percentage than they did last year, and they're going to play with a lot of tight ends on the field. They drafted two of them. Yeah, uh, and the starters right now, Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. I mean, Mark Andrews is as good a receiving tight end as there is in the game right now. He is, but he's not. I mean, he, he, he's he, another guy, though, that's always on the injury report. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. I mean, but he's not a substitute for an outside receiver. No, though. he you is not. I mean? No. Uh, the offensive line, and this is remade a little bit here. They're expecting Ronnie Stanley to come back. Ronnie Stanley hasn't played football in almost two years. Yeah, two significant injuries. He signed that contract, and, and the injury happened against the Steelers. He signed the contract like two days before I said, the wasn't game. the same week, yeah. And Ouch. then broke his ankle in that game against the Steelers and hasn't played since. And, like, when he signed that contract, I remember being on my podcast talking about he'd be one of the top two or three t- tackles right now that I would invest in, you know, yeah. like looking forward, not knowing that these Good two young injuries player. are yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, big-time pedigree guy. But we'll get to it, I guess. But you and I had a good conversation before last segment. They have some O-line options now, and they have some tackle options. But I only see one left tackle on the team. Yeah, you know, that's a problem. Not like most teams have six of them. But like I mean, it, still, if something know. happened with the Steelers at left tackle, let's say Dan Mor- Morgan went down, mm-hmm. um, they could make a move. Do you think Chooks would go to left? Chooks would go to left. Yeah, yeah and Hague potentially. Would go right I mean, they, or right. they could play Hague. They could, they, they, but they would have choices that they mm-hmm. could make there if Dan Moore got hurt. But the point is that Steelers aren't investing in Dan Moore like the Ravens are investing. Right, in Ronnie Stan. Stanley's he's making a pivotal player. He's one that. of the highest paid left tackles in the league and hasn't played a down in two years. Yeah, that's hard to overcome. Um, left guard is Patrick McCarry. Okay. The center is Tyler Linderbaum. Sure. Right guard is Kevin Zeitler. Yeah, that's solid. And right tackle is Morgan Moses. Macari's kind of interesting to me because I thought he played, filled in well at right tackle last year, projected him to center, then they drafted Linderbaum. They moved him around a lot. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and you said Moses is the right. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Uh, on defense, it's uh, Calais Campbell and Justin Matabuke on the interior. On the interior. Is this their nickel package too, yeah. I assume? Yeah. Okay. But uh, they don't have the hog nose tackle type that they usually do. They really oh, don't. Oh, no, they took Jones from Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, then you've got uh, Owe and Jalen Ferguson as the outside linebackers. Okay. That's pretty unproven. Pretty unproven. I mean, is Campbell's due to hit a wall or at least get, you know, uh, reduced snaps in a big way. Yeah. Owe's very talented, and he flashed. 
But um, Ferguson's not a real high upside guy. No. Their D-line's okay. At linebacker, they made a mistake here. They list Patrick Queen at both spots. Okay. I don't know he that can't he can do all that. I don't know that he can play both. They didn't clone him. Um, I'm but to think who the other option is there. Uh, they drafted the Ohio State kid the same year as Queen, um, but that's not a, their front seven's not spectacular. Yeah, um, I like yeah. their secondary. As soon as he comes back, Tyus Bowser's there. Uh, they got a Jabo, but he's an outside guy. Mm-hmm. He's Tyus, not gonna play yeah. us here anyway. Yeah, uh, a cornerback. It's Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Marcus. Uh, in, they only list two corners here and three safeties. So, I, I mean, I could see them doing that. They have three good safeties. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they will play a lot of big nickel. I didn't see safety as a need for them when they took Kyle Hamilton. I think that was the best player available yeah. in reality. Uh, Clark could get moved. He's more of the strong. Marcus Williams is a big ticket, free safety, and a good one. Their secondary is good. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's, but you got some guys coming back from injury. Guys coming back off of uh, – yeah. Humphrey and Peters are both coming back off of injury. Mm-hmm. And Peters is on the wrong side of 30 now. Yeah, neither one of us were a huge fan of him on his best day. But, you know, um, they drafted a corner third round last year who was a total project, hardly played, really good athlete. I forget his name, but, I mean, maybe he's in the mix. I also thought they might have moved him to safety. So, I mean, it's a little odd that they would have. Is that Brandon Stevens? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, the, he's their top option is the nickel. Okay, okay. So I don't know if they project him as a slot. Humphrey has gone to the slot. Typically, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who who will travel sometimes as well. There's some things that work out there, though. Yeah. Especially on defense. Um, so remember those first five games last season when Lamar Jackson threw the ball all over the field? That's not how this team is set up. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> They Jarv- probably look back at that yeah. like it was a mistake. Yeah. Jarvis Landry would have helped. I like Devin DuVernay and the suspect the Rave and suspect the Ravens believe he can replace a lot of what Marquise Brown could do. I don't know about that. Yeah, Marquise Brown's a better player than DuVernay. But this group of uh, this wide receiver group remains too thin and will almost certainly add a vector- veteran like Will Fuller or Julio Jones. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, those guys. How many snaps have you got either one of that? How many snaps are those two going to play this year? Yeah, Not I mean, many. You, you sign Julio Jones at this point, you're just signing the name. Yeah. That's all I he think is. Will Fuller might be the better player of the two. I think so, right, too, yeah. But I don't trust either one at all. Uh, for now, it's more likely I mean, that Nick... Eight years ago, Julio didn't practice on Wednesdays. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? For now, it's a lot more likely that Nick Boyle plays more as a second tight end than any of the number three receivers options, receiver options like James Prochet or Tylen Wallace. James Prochet and Tylen Wallace wouldn't make this roster. No, they would not. I'm not sure DuVernay would. Yeah. I mean, he'd be fighting. Maybe fighting with the Millers of the world. I, I mean, I think he's closer to Miller than he is Marquise Brown. Yeah. The offensive line looks very strong and ready to be among the best run-blocking units in football. Again, that that counts on Stanley Stanley being back. And I agree with that. Yeah. No, I do too. Uh, with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards supporting Jackson. Okay. You and I like J.K. Dobbins yeah. too. The addition of center Tyler Linderbaum figures to mean more zone concepts for the Ravens as if their running game needed to be any more versatile. They almost have to go zone. That's what ball. he is. But if, you, if you have him blocking straight man on man up, it's not going to work. See, I, everyone's praising the Hamilton and Linderbaum picks, and I like both players a lot, you know, in a vacuum. But they really don't need a third safety. Yeah. And, yeah, they could use a center, but just because they drafted him, I bet they don't change their run concepts. Right. You're not going to – Oh, have, we got this real – we got this center, rookie center. We're going to – we're going to become a more of a zone blocking team because we get this because one center. guy. That's yeah. not usually how it works. And if that's true, they wouldn't have drafted Philele. 
Right. <laughs> Who's the exact opposite. They couldn't be on the different yeah. spectrums. They're both good run blockers, but in very different ways. Very different ways, yeah. If the Ravens' defense has a weakness, it's either the edge rushers or off-ball linebackers. I think the whole front seven is just I think the front okay. seven's yeah, not what you typically see out of a Ravens right. defense. Uh, Tyus- like, I don't look at Calais Campbell the same way I look at, like, Cam Hayward in terms of the, where their career or what they have left. Yeah. I think Campbell's kind of holding on. Five years ago, that was a conversation. Oh, yeah, they were both yeah. two of the best. And I think Cam's on the 13th hole where Calais is on the 17th. He might be heading for the 19th hole. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And, you know, contemplating retirement and things like that. Uh Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo will both help the team eventually, but won't be expected to start the season coming off big injuries. I forgot about Bowser's injury because yeah. I kind of like him. Yeah. No, he was, yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's quality beef up front that isn't even listed above. Derek Wolf, old buddy Michael Pierce, and rookie Travis Jones all will rotate as interior defenders. But that's what those guys are at this point. I said none of them are pass rushers, but that yeah. is good depth. Yeah. You know, yeah. Everybody would love to have those guys in a rotation, and yeah. that helps Campbell's you know, cause a lot. But none of them are pass rushers except for Campbell. Patrick Queen is a polarizing player. He looked better after switching to the weak side linebacker last year, but has given up a lot of big plays. There's this feeling out there because he makes some splash plays every once in a while. Right. The Patrick Queen is is so much better than than Devin Bush, or he's so much further along. I like, don't know. Devin that he White's has. in that exact conversation yeah. too. Like, yeah, Young their highlight plays are, just, are yeah. phenomenal, but they make mental mistakes time and time again. I mean, the, the league preys on those young guys with with motion and different route concepts and play action. It's a hard position to transition to. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, Marcus Peters will be a bellwether for a strong secondary. His career's been so up and down, but if he's in peak form, the team will be tough to throw on. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I, I get that. They also drafted the, the Bama kid that we liked with three names. Uh, yeah. Something they, Armour Davis. Armour Davis, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that he used – peak form for Marcus Peters because Marcus Peters peaks a lot. That's, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he's a lot like Diggs in, in, in Dallas. Yeah, very much right, so. Right, right, In fact, Diggs might even be more extreme. He's that. as extreme as I've ever seen. <laughs> and it, it's not going to keep up. I mean, yeah. those guys, you don't get seven, eight, ten, you know, interceptions a year. But also give up, you know, seven, mm-hmm. eight, ten touchdowns as well. No. But I do like secondary. Yeah. Secondary is very good. Uh, Brandon Stevens is a top option at nickelback, but all okay. three safeties, Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark, and Kyle Hamilton, are too talented not to get starter-worthy snaps. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, is you can't – I mean, can you really play a three-safety defense consistently? Well, you we can didn't... and you can't. Can you do that against, say, the Browns? Right. Right, right, right. Or even the, the Steelers who have a, a big back. These mm-hmm. teams that have big backs are going to make it tough on you. Yeah, I wonder if they're looking at Clark as kind of the Morgan Burnett pseudo linebacker now that Hamilton fell in their lap. Didn't really work here. Uh, no. I mean, it's a hard <laughs> thing to pull off. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, I, I know it was an accident or a typo or an editing thing, but they didn't mention a second inside linebacker. Because it might be Chuck Clark. Because <laughs> it might be Chuck Clark. Yeah. You know, right. And then you're really light. Uh, there's something funny about one of the most analytic-minded organizations being set up so well to run and stop the run. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it from that angle, but right. After one of the worst seasons of injury luck ever, the Ravens are primed to rebound. Well, I think that's interesting that you know he mentions analytics, and then because analytics tell you that you shouldn't run the football and you shouldn't worry about stopping the run. I think that's what Greg's saying. Yeah, that's he's, what he's saying. He's saying it's interesting, but yeah. where it's a little bit backwards. But it's also, I think, that they're smart enough to realize this is who our quarterback is. Well, you have to. I mean, you, you drafted right, him. Right, right, right. And, you know, they, they've they benefited from, and they've done a good job of, hey, we're just going to take this guy because he's the best player here, mm-hmm. and we'll figure it out later. 
That's a lot of stress on your coaching staff. It's a though. lot of stress on your coaching yep. staff, and, and, and it doesn't always work out. No, it doesn't. And I don't agree with Greg necessarily that the defense is designed to stop the run first. I mean, they invest in corners. They invest in corners. They, they, you know, they stop the run and, and get after the passer by blitzing a lot and trusting mm-hmm. their corners to play coverage. They have a new coordinator, though. I mean, but I, I assume that'll still be the case. I would, yeah. I mean, I he comes so. from their system originally, yeah. so yeah. from one Harbaugh to the next. Yeah, um, and he started out with Baltimore and then went to Michigan. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, he learned from yeah. the, this current group. But there was some kind of disconnect there between what Harbaugh wanted and what well and what Wink Martindale was doing. I've heard that Martindale's not a great in-game adapter. Okay. I don't know that as a fact. I mean, but uh, I, I think he did things his way, and when you lost corners and you're still doing it his way. Well, like, at some point the head coach has to say, hey, Wink, we can't blitz 70 times a game here with, the, with these cornerbacks. where the disconnect was. You know? But you're the head coach. You hear the play going in. You say, mm-hmm. no, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not defending him, but that stuff happens fast on game day, and you revert to what you're good at. You know, we we've made fun of the the Averett kid, yeah, but he can't be on islands like Humphrey. No, no, <laughs> you know what I mean. No. And they were doing some of that stuff. Like, no. they also no. like their their pass defense last year was just like unbelievably bad. It's atrocious. It's atrocious. 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 Worse than the Steelers' run defense. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, in 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 this league. If you're going to be good at one thing and bad at the other, I would rather be good at pass defense and bad oh, at run yeah. defense. I want them to – I know it's demoralizing and all that, and the old school guys will be like, no, you got to stop the run. But I want teams to have an 18-play drive, even if it is four Some yards Some points you're going to make a mistake. Some points you're going to have a holding penalty. You're going to fumble. You're right, going to, right, something's right, right, going right. to happen that, that helps Explosive you. Explosive plays are As what opposed the league's to about. Now. giving up, you know, bomb, bomb after bomb, and mm-hmm. like, oh, we can't stop it. And that's how the Ravens were at the end. And a lot of it was injury-related, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. But you also have to adjust to what you have. You do. You do. I mean, if you, if it's just play an umbrella zone coverage and come up and tackle and don't allow it, don't get gouged, that's probably where the disconnect that's was. That's part of coaching to me is, is always looking at, okay, what do we have? Mm-hmm. What can we do best with the group that we have? Especially if you're going to have a – I think that's 100% true no matter what sport it is or what coach or what position you coach. But especially if you're the Ravens and you truly are going to take the center that doesn't fit your scheme, but he's on, you know, he's the highest graded guy. If you are going to draft best available as much as they do, your coaching staff better be very adaptive. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll get to the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, that should be an interesting look as well. The Bengals uh, retooling after their Super Bowl run last year. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here, a special edition from the Steelers' uh, OTA sessions here at the UPM Rooney Sports Complex. We'll be back with more right after this. We have been, right? A little uh, dazed and confused there. <laughs> um, that would describe our show, I guess. Uh, it would not describe the Bengals' offseason. 
Very focused. About, yeah, very yeah. focused on, on exactly the what, transition they, there by you. what they needed to do. Uh, you know, talked about it all last year. They needed to fix that offensive line. Um, but so much of that, to me, is also on the quarterback. I think Joe Burrow wants to hold the football. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. Everyone thinks these guys are perfect prospects. They have nothing to learn. You know, we've used the term NFL ready is a myth. And even Burrow is the first overall pick, you know, superstar at LSU. Had some things to work on. I mean, he, he, his arm strength has improved at the NFL level, um, and he does hold the football a little long, you know, and I yeah. think that's partially on him. Yeah, so uh, looking at the uh, Bengals' starting offense, it's Burrow at quarterback, Joe Mixon at running back, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, that's a good skill that's position. A great place to start, everything yeah. they just you just said. Uh, Hayden Hurst at tight end. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember that that coaching staff comes from the Rams coaching staff, and at that time, and it's still kind of held over, they live in 11 personnel, and the tight end is more blocker than he is featured receiver. They want Gurley. They want Mixon to catch 50, 60 balls. They want three receivers on the field all the time. And, you know, that's why they drafted Drew Sample a couple of years ago in the second yeah. round, who really was like a fifth-round player, you know, because yeah. he was a pretty good blocker. So – I've always wondered, is that going to change? And it doesn't seem to be changing too much. Like, I don't think they're going to invest in tight ends. The offensive line is uh, left, to, left to right. Jonah Williams, Jackson Carmen. That's the area that's, that left guard's still a that's little still a problem. problematic. Uh, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lael Collins. It's better. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly better. If I were a defensive coordinator looking to attack that line, I'm looking to attack that Carmen Karras. Yeah, I mean, Karras is a. He's oh, he's fine. I think he's kind of like Mason Cole. You I mean yeah. like he's probably best as a swing guy on the interior, maybe a little better, but he's not a stud. Right. And Leo Collins has some stud qualities. Jonah Williams is still probably their best offensive lineman, but he's not one of the better left tackles in the league. He's been okay. You know, I mean he'll probably get a second contract, but it's better. Um, one of the problems the Bengals had though is once a few injuries hit. It's kind of like our Steeler D-line conversation. They were trotting some dudes out that should have zero snaps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's better. Uh, looking over at the defense, it's Trey Hendrickson at defensive end, DJ Reader at defensive tackle, BJ Hill at defensive tackle, Sam Hubbard at the other defensive end. That's that's a pretty good group. It's a pretty good group. I think it's better than the Ravens. Yeah, no, I agree. And Reader's better than anyone the Ravens have, and so is Hendrickson. Uh, looking at the linebackers, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. I think Wilson's a guy. I think they finally have found a yeah. second-level dude. Pratt's okay. Pratt's just okay, yeah. Yeah, he runs well. The corners are still, to me, a bit troublesome. The whole secondary needs to work itself out after yeah. the draft. I don't quite understand where the pieces are going to fit, so yeah. I'm curious how Greg you know, puts this puzzle together. Well, he has Chidobe uh, Owozie uh, at cornerback, Eli Apple at cornerback, Mike Hilton at cornerback. Eli Apple, this might be the first time he stayed in the same place two years in a row. Yeah, and say so he's the one I wouldn't count on, and yeah. the other two are small. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, Apple's the prototypical long first-round pick type guy. He's a little volatile, though. Yeah. And then Jesse Bates and Von Bell at safety. That's a good pairing. Bates, though, is a franchise player. He's got the franchise tag, and mm-hmm. he has said that he's not going to sign the franchise tag. Right. I mean, I think there's a potential holdout discrepancy. We know the Bengals aren't the uh, most free-spending team in the league. I mean, have they – I'd have to think about it. Do, do they traditionally pay safeties? They usually invest in corners, but not every team looks at safety the same way, kind of like that tight end conversation. So I look at Dax Hill in the first round and think, is he the future Bates 
or does he challenge Apple right yeah. away? And it's just a true outside corner. You know, we adored him coming out of well, Michigan. Here's the I problem that they're going to either. have. They're paying Reader money. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're paying Hendrickson money. Mm-hmm. Right now on offense, who are they paying a lot of money? Mixon's making okay money for a running back. Yeah, but nothing, nothing, he'll come off the books of the year or two or whatever, right. Burrow's heading into year three. It's about that Herbert Burrow It's about Burrow time, time to start th- right, talk, right, right. talking extension with Joe Burrow, and then it gets expensive. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins over there as well. And Higgins is the same year as Burrow without the option. Right. So, yeah. Oh, no, they're about to get expensive. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So I mean, their days of plucking the, Kappas and Collins and Hendricksons yeah. are about coming to an end. That might be what's holding up them up right now with Jesse Bates. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Right. You know, okay, if we give Jesse Bates, let's say, $16 million a year, mm-hmm. is he going to then become too expensive when we also have to pay Burrow and Chase? Yeah. Because they're not letting – or Higgins. I don't think you let any of those three go no matter what. hard what. to do, yeah. Yeah. I mean – their days of, of hanging with Mixon are probably coming to an end sooner than later. That's just the way the running backs work. Jonah Williams is going to need extension, They paid Mike too. Hilton decent money. Like, You're right, right, right. You know, th- th- those days of being able to pay those guys, and mm-hmm. th- it gets tough. Um, they drafted several members of the secondary. The draft yeah. was about the secondary. Free agency was about the, the uh, offensive line. And that all adds up. I just wonder how the secondary will come The come fact together. that they drafted three safeties. Yeah, it's odd. Um, and, and I'm not sure the Nebraska kid this season. I don't think though. he is either. I think he's a corner. Because before the draft, everyone called him a corner, and right. then they drafted him. Now all of a sudden, he's a safety. I don't know. I, I still, but even at that, you drafted two safeties. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that they're leaning towards telling Jesse Bates, "Hey, we're going to play this year on the franchise tag, and then and we let feet. you we let you walk." I think. But if he's not going to sign the franchise tag, well, then it's a flying. Then the you get a problem because you're trying to win now, right? You know, right. Um, the other thing too is, again, we love Dax Hill. Most of Dax Hill's snaps last year were in the slot. Right. And Hilton's, again, much different than Hill. They'd only look like they played the same position. But Hilton's good. You know, they're, you're I'm him. sure they're yeah. happy with him. I mean, do you keep him any longer than this year, too? I don't know what his contract status is, but he may not. I doubt he's a long-term fix for them. Yeah. Uh, looking at uh, what Greg Rosenthal has to say about them, the entire Bengals starting defense from the Super Bowl is back. And each player mm, is, a virtu- is a virtual lock to start again, with the exception of Eli Apple. Second-round pick Cam Taylor-Britt should have a chance to displace Apple. Okay. I think that's the best way to use Taylor-Britt, too. Is yeah. Go be an outside corner. This safety stuff never really added up to me. The offensive line, on the other hand, is projected to have three new starters. Ted Karras and Alex Kappa aren't necessarily mm-hmm. high-end starters, but they're competent veterans who will push the Bengals' biggest weak spots for a year ago to the bench. But you're paying them. You're paying them a lot. And like I mean, they're paying Kappa a decent money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, they signed him day one of free agency. Yeah. You know? and, and he's not a superstar. He's better than what they've had. He's right. a quality guard. Um, yeah, he's probably in the James Daniel, you know, tier. I'd rather have the Steelers guy. Um, and this is a case for the Steelers and other teams. O-line continuity doesn't happen overnight either. You it know? does not. It, yeah. it does. I, I, I think of what they accomplish most, like we said before, with their O-line is, as of now, they don't have any – you know, Waldo's. I mean, yeah. There's no terrible guys out there. Right tackle Lael Collins could make or break this group. He has a chance to be one of the league's best free agent bargains. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way of saying yeah. it because it could go either way. Joe Burrow's playing style includes holding the ball to see if he can make a play. But after taking 70 sacks last season, including the yeah. playoffs, Ooh. 70 sacks. Not to mention all the ones he took before his injury his rookie yeah. year. Right. Easily the most of any quarterback. I wonder if he'll focus on making quicker decisions. 
I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. Again, I, I love Burrow as much as the next guy. Yeah. But behind that line, Peyton Manning's taking 30 sacks. Right. Right. <laughs> well, so much goes. of that's right. on the quarterback. Right, right. Uh, don't be surprised. Oh, wait. Uh, the Bengals might have the best starting receiver trio in football, yet the depth behind them isn't great. They could still use a veteran addition to safeguard against an injury. Interesting. Because, again, just referencing the Rams – the Rams have Cup and Raw. They're always adding another receiver. Right. Yeah. One more than One they need. One more than you need. Yeah. yeah. Like, I bet Odell ends up with the Rams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that would be smart. And I think Boyd's time there is going to be cut short, too, yeah. or not much longer. Yeah. yeah. Their first round pick next year could be a receiver. Could be. Uh, it says, don't be surprised if Hayden Hurst makes a lot of big plays. C.J. Azoma had a career high 493 yards playing with Burrow a season ago, mm-hmm. and Hurst has a better, pure receiving skills. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know that by leaps and bounds. I mean, he was a first-round pick. but I, He's old. He's He came in the league very old. Yeah. I think he had a minor league baseball career. For the Pirates. Yeah, he was a Pirate, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's an upgrade or not. We talked tight ends a little earlier with the Ram concepts. Um, I, I was a little shocked that Azoma, especially down the stretch, was used as much as he was. But you have those receivers. He's always going to have a great matchup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, the one thing I don't agree with, I don't see big plays from Hurst. If the worst thing you can say about a roster is questioning its depth, then it's usually a sweet roster. But I do worry about the back end of the Bengals roster. Their defensive line rotates less than most groups and was aided by great health last season. That's, they were extremely healthy last year. That was the best statement in the whole thing by Rosenthal, in my yeah. opinion. He's, he's 100% right, and it's really well said that their starters look good. I mean, this is a Super Bowl team, and but I was sitting there thinking as you were going you know, team by position by position, I'm like, who's – the guy behind these dudes to challenge them, yeah. with the exception of the young secondary. Um, and injuries are going to be worse this year than last year. I mean, that's just – I'll bet every dollar I have. Yeah. The team's best depth and strength overall comes in the secondary. Yes. They are built to slow down the AFC superpowers in Buffalo and Kansas City. I don't have a first-round – I don't have first-round pick Dax Hill listed as a starter yet, but defensive coordinator Lou Anaromo will find a way to take advantage – of his versatile skills and some three safety looks. Hill can also play a lot out of the slot. Yes. Again, I have no qualms with any of those statements. He may not be on the starting nickel as you write it up on paper on NFL.com for your, you know, your, your journalistic job that Greg's doing, but I bet he's playing man coverage against Mark Andrews twice a year. You you know what I mean? Or yeah, I'm trying to think what he'd do against the Steelers. I mean, something, I mean, he's going to play. Yeah. Trey Hendrickson gets most of the attention, but all four defensive line starters are excellent. The Bengals rewarded B.J. Hill, who outplayed Larry Ogunjobi last season. Yeah. Okay. And they're not particularly old. You know, yeah. I don't know if there's a superstar in that group, but it's a good D-line. Yeah, no, that's good. D-line depth isn't wonderful. Uh, I like so much about this roster, but the Bengals' chances of getting back to the Super Bowl come down to Burrow and his skill position friends. They make this team special, and if they can take another step together – They'll be right back in the title mix. Okay. Um, this is the third AFC North team we've discussed, and it's I would rank their coaching staff third, too, in terms to get those things out of them and handle yeah. winning and handle being the hunted and all those things that the Ravens and Steelers are very used to. I would agree with that. I think that gets a little underplayed. I mean, I think it's you, a big saw deal. It, you saw it last year with the Browns, for example. Um, you know, right, Kevin Stefanski's coach of the year, and then all of a sudden, it, 
Mm-hmm. They can't they, they can't get out of their own way last year. And the Browns are saying things like, ah, we're just worried about the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, ah, be careful. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, even right. if you look at this, well, you know, their, their secondary is built to slow down the AFC superpowers in Kansas City and Buffalo. Yeah, is that going to stop you that stopping yeah. the run against the Ravens and, and Browns? Exactly, exactly. I, I think you always have to think division. I, I think first, the Steelers you know? got caught up in that a little bit. The man covered summer in 2017. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, you okay? We got to we got to do everything we can to beat the find a way to beat the Patriots. Beat the Patriots, and then all of a sudden here comes Jacksonville with a power running game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop it. And the division's tough, and you know, yeah. right? This division's really tough this year. No, I think you can get ahead of yourself that way too, or. Again, I don't have a problem with the Bills drafting Cook or the Chiefs drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But even when you're on top, it's not time to get cute. You know, like, I'm going to take this satellite back. You know, like, yeah, yeah you're not that good. I mean, this you're not so <laughs> far ahead of the rest of the league. And I think the Patriots were really good at that, too. They still kept their – they took their guards and their linebackers and their tough guys. They didn't look at it like we're one little cute position away from, you know, staying on top. I think they realized that well in their heyday. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. I, I think uh, the Bengals have a good roster. They do. Um, but I, I do think that the, the depth is an issue. And, you know, if they get hit by injuries, which they didn't do last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you can I'm s- sure their injury situation will be worse. I, I'm almost positive. Yeah, almost, yeah. There's nowhere to go but down. Right. I mean, you can't keep everybody healthy 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just takes – you know, a couple of guys here. You know, who's who's picking up the slack? I'm just going to pick a guy. Okay, so let's, let's say T. Higgins goes down. Mm-hmm. Then what? Or Jonah Williams or even Mixon or, yeah. you know, I mean, we're not talking Burrow and Chase here. Or, right. You know, right. Hendrickson or even Hubbard or, you know, again, depth isn't great. Yeah. So, I mean, that like, could – and that's the – when you take when you take a team that was picking first in the draft just two years ago mm-hmm. and they make that jump and stayed healthy – it kind of didn't, it kind of masks that, but this the roster just two years ago was a two win team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what they they need Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase unbelievably bad. This is a tough conversation. Yeah. Well, they're happy with their choice, but that doesn't mean that they didn't have tons of needs just a year ago. You yeah. know, and they picked in the top three two years in a row, and then they had a really good Super Bowl year. And I'm not diminishing their Super Bowl run at all. But I thought it was one of the weaker Super Bowl runs I've seen, you know, just in terms of. I didn't know, that, including the Rams, I didn't think there was a great team in the NFL last year. You know, totally agree with that, you yeah. know, and most years there is. And good for them. I mean, it's it's a massive leap forward, and that's, that fan base deserves it. But they barely got past the Raiders. They barely got past the Titans. You know, like, and I love Burrow, but I don't know that he's the next Mahomes. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I agree. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we get to go over the Browns roster. So we will do that right. when we return. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to a special edition of The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from Steeler OTAs here at the Uni- UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We'll be back with more right after this. Sports Complex here for Steelers OTA's session, the start of Phase 3, and we're going over the rosters uh, from the other AFC North teams. We also did the Steelers in this uh, in this little set- setup here as well. We're going over uh, Greg Rosenthal's 
piece on uh, NFL.com uh, regarding the AFC North and its rosters. And uh, we're up to the Cleveland Browns, Matt. Yep, final final edition here. Yeah, uh, looking at the, uh, the the positions here, listing Deshaun Watson as the starting quarterback. Well, he is their starting quarterback. He is. But as Greg said at the beginning of this, he said he's 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 putting making this as the guy he thinks will take the most snaps there this season. Oh, okay. Do you think uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson takes the most snaps of any bank, uh, of any Browns quarterback no. this season? I don't think he does either. I mean, I, so. If, I think that's Brissett. I think so as well. I think Baker takes zero. Baker is not going to be in the equation. I don't think he'll visit Berea again in his life. Not unless he's driving to unpack some stuff. <laughs> right. Okay. Maybe he has some friends there. Yeah. He's going to go to a dinner party or something. Yeah. No, I don't think he will put a Browns uniform on Over again. Over under on Deshaun Watson leading the bank or the Browns. I keep calling the Bengals. The Browns in snaps this season. Do you think that's. It favors the more uh, under fifty fifty. I think it's under fifty fifty too. Yeah, I mean, there's two things though. I mean, obviously there's a suspension, and I think the owners who we really know run this league are not happy with how this went. Yes, the Browns' acquisition of Ross of Watson and the guaranteed money, and that doesn't mean that the suspension is going to be heavier because of it. But it might be. <laughs> if 31 owners aren't thrilled with it, the ramifications might be harsher than people think. Well, and there's the, the and I know they won't look at this as a precedent setting, but mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer in baseball got, I know. got suspended for two right. years for a similar type thing similar, here. Similar, right, same ballpark. With, with way fewer accusations. Accusations, yes. Right. And I guess, you know, you, you mentioned this before we were on the air, Maybe we'll get this news sort of soon. I guess he's been meeting with teams. I mean, it seems like the right time of year would be fair to the Browns to know because, you know, if you're in an OTA situation like this, you're going to, you know, give Brissett a little bit more or Watson or, you know, getting him used to things. Um, I think it's a minimum of six. I think it could be as many as 10, 12. I would say I think it's a chance at 17. There's there's that opportunity too. Yeah. It, it could even – do I think he's going to get suspended for all of 2023 as well? I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't. But the longer these cases drag out, could he be put on the commissioner's suspended list? And, and mm-hmm. you know, while while this is still being, uh, you know, handled, in, in, there's all kinds of things that could happen here. I mean, the two things I wanted to mention, too, that aren't as obvious as, boy, he's, there's a suspension coming, we're waiting for it. Is the Browns know there's a suspension coming, or they would not have structured his contract the way they did? Correct. You know, he's only making a million dollars this year. That's going to get deducted by X amount of games, which is nothing in the whole scheme of the contractual yeah. world. So again, money talks. These teams tell you what they think, but the other aspect of it too, and this there's some trade lance to this as well. Like he hasn't played in a long time. A long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is he more apt to pull a hammy the first time he's back, or? Just have general rust. I mean, playing the game is important, and it's been a long time since he's played the game. Yeah. Now, at running back, uh, the, the Browns have Nick Chubb, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also then at wide receiver, they've completely, not completely, but have, have made this over. Their whole passing game has been yeah. remade. Yeah. You're looking at Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and David Bell at wide receiver. I think that's the top three. Yeah. yeah. With David and Joku at tight end. Yes. It's an okay group, but it's um, – Again, it's a whole new passing game. Yeah. The offensive line, Jedrick Willis at left tackle, Joel Batonio at left guard, Nick Harris. I'll now say center is now the 
Yeah, the, the, with Wyatt Teller and Jack Conklin on the right side. Mm-hmm. Nick Harris at center. Yeah, and he's somebody they obviously, of course, know way more about than I do. They, you know, they drafted him, developed him. They must have some optimism about the young man. And you've seen, you know, mid-round centers, you know, do okay. Yeah. But they used to have a powerhouse five expensive offensive linemen. All of a sudden, it's down to four. Conklin's kind of held together with duct tape a little bit too. Yeah. But I think Wills is going to be a really good player, and the guards are good. But it's not as good a line as they've had. They've had a great line. The defense. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, who they, just, say, they Clowney just signed, signed the other day. Or yesterday or uh, at defensive end. The defensive tackles. Taven Bryan and Jordan Elliott. If Taven Bryan's starting, they're in trouble. They're in trouble if Taven Bryan is the starter. Yeah. Real trouble. Uh, they drafted the kid out of Ohio State, uh, Togi Eye. Who's was just a run stuffer, but I kind of liked him last year, a year ago. The interior D line though is not so great. Who was the other one besides Brian? Jordan Elliott? He's okay too. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, he's like Togi, young up and comer guy. Um, Taven Bryan, I, I'm not picking on the guy, but it's one of my favorite descriptions of a player I've ever heard. And he was described when he was drafted as J.J. Watt with a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how he plays. I mean, he's great looking. He's long. He's unbelievably athletic. Explodes off the ball, but doesn't have any clue what he's doing. So there's a little bit of clowny there. And some of that, too. Yeah. Right. You know, and really, besides Garrett, I don't see any edge benders of the group. Yeah. You know, Clowney's a physical, beat you down the middle type of guy. The linebackers are Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa and Anthony Walker. I really like Wosu Koromoa, but he's. 220 on a good day, right? And when you get back to Bush, the offensive line not being a, the, the protection issue, the protection yeah, issue, right, right, right. Sorry, the defensive line, right? I mean, yeah. like, like a Bush situation, you draft him thinking we're going to be big and physical up front and let him run and hit. Well, if your D tackles are light, it's going to affect those guys too. Yeah, at cornerback they've got Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, and Greedy Williams. Pretty good. I don't think Williams is much of a factor. No, I'm not sure who who's the, the nickel. Is. Yeah, who's, who's the, the slot nickel? Because they traded Troy Hill. Right. That's what I don't get. Uh, I, I'm trying to think, did they, did they draft? I mean, they didn't draft early, but did they draft a corner? Uh, rookie Martin Emerson battling for the number three role with him. Okay. I mean, they must have felt good enough. I can't remember. If, what, did they trade Hill before the draft, or did they trade him after drafting Emerson? Before the draft. I thought it was before the draft, yeah. too. Which is strange. Greedy is not a slot. They just gave Hill money to be their slot two years ago. Yeah. And, and then he goes traded back to the Rams later. for very little. Yeah. Yeah, that's an issue. Uh, the safeties are John Johnson and Grant Delpit. They're good, not great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it, it's. I, I think it's an average at best defense. I do too. I think Garrett's a total superstar. I don't know. I think Ward's a really good corner. I mean, I don't think depth here is particularly good. It's yeah. actually quite bad. But the more I'm thinking about yeah. it, yeah, you know, I yeah, mean, it's one of those, one of the struggles of giving up draft picks for Cooper and Watson and these guys is depth is going to be a little problematic, especially at D tackle. I don't think they have linebackers waiting in the wings. Yeah, I think depth is an issue. Uh, Here's what Greg Rosenthal has to say. Deshaun Watson's availability is the biggest uncertainty in the entire NFL heading into the 2022 season. Presumably, Jacoby Brissett will start if, if, if Watson is suspended to start the year. Yeah. That's a problem. It's a problem. I mean, he's... As backup goes, he's fine. Yeah. I mean, I think he's good. But an eight-game stretch of Jacoby Brissett is not going to work out. No, 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 no. I mean, you better be one of the best running teams in the league, which they've been, but I don't know that it's 
sustainable either. Yeah. The offensive line should be among the best in football again, and the backfield remains outrageous. I'm surprised, however, so little attention has been paid to the receiver depth. They need rookie David Bell to be a hit in the slot. Yeah. It's 100% true. And even a hit is going to be strong. I mean, they yeah. need him to be a serviceable slot, which I think he projects to. I think Peoples-Jones has some breakout potential. Um, Anthony Schwartz doesn't do much for me except yeah. for running real fast on the sideline. <laughs> and, and is Cooper's best days behind him? I mean, he's a quality receiver. He's better than what they've had. Um, but I don't know that he's super explosive or super consistent. Yeah. The defensive line makes a lot more sense after bringing back Jadavian Clowney. He's a perfect pass rusher to complement Miles Garrett, while Chase Winovich could turn to be a smart pickup as a rotational edge rusher. Okay. I don't know if Jadavian Clowney is the perfect complement. I don't think the perfect complement to anybody. I mean, I don't yeah. think he's much of a pass rusher. I, mean, I think he's a disruptor is yeah. the best way I've heard Clowney described, and I agree with that. And yeah. He's good against a run. The Browns were too easy to run on last year, and the defensive depth tackle depth chart is still not a strength. No, right. Yeah. Jeremiah Wosu-Kormo played like a burgeoning star. As a rookie, he has the instincts and movement that is rare for his position. The 2021 second-round draft pick could emerge as one of the Browns' best players. I am on board with that. Okay. I would be buying JOK stock right now. Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom II make for a terrific cornerback duo. They were a little thinner at the position after trading Troy Hill with Greedy Williams and rookie Martin Emerson battling for the number three role. I don't know that any of those guys is a true slot. No, I don't see any slots on the team right now. Yeah. I would be in the market for a cheap guy there. I'd also be calling the Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hickses of the world, too. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, if they have the space. I don't know if they have the cap space I don't think they do have it. a ton, right? Yeah. Uh, John Especially after the Clowney deal. Yeah. John Johnson didn't provide an impact commensurate with the big contract he signed a year ago. One mm -hmm. more season in Joe Wood's system should help it or could wind up being a short stay for Cleveland in, uh, in Cleveland for Johnson. It's funny. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Is like, that was an okay signing, but, boy, they gave him a lot of money. And is he going to be the next on the Troy Hill list where we paid you too much, we shouldn't have been shopping in free agency this way, or will he step up a little bit and be – 